0: I. V. M.
1: Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashtin Doctor, your Habit Coach. And now this is part two of our conversation with Snigda Sahel on the social sector. Now, do join in, but make sure you listen to part one before you listen to this so that you have some continuation and know what we are talking about. How do you decide to get into this sector? Because nobody tells you about it. You need to become either a doctor, engineer, etc, etc, etc. Those are the things that are spoken of. Nobody talks about this sector. Like, I didn't even know there was an exam for this till a few years ago. right? So, like, how do you get aware of this?
0: Um, For me, it happened through volunteering. Mm -hmm. I have been volunteering for many, 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 many years. So, you know, when you're low in your life, everything is going bust. But that one hour a week is your highlight.
1: Talk about this. This is so, so important, right? Like getting out of yourself to help others is the best way of boosting your own sense of happiness. Yeah. Please share.
0: So I think for me, I was having a very existential, you know, time in life where I just didn't understand where I was. Hmm. You know, the banking was great. My soul was not there. And um, I'm personally also multiple things were happening you know how the how the boy world always uh, <laughs>
1: shakes you up, hmm. rattles you, rattles you. Any huh? social services in there as well? Huh?
0: Actually, yes. <laughs> so new
1: NGO is starting now. Prayas. <laughs> Tras? What do you call it? Prayas.
0: <laughs> it hmm. means try. Hmm. So, but I used to volunteer, hmm. and um, you know I was just so beautiful. I would go and um, I would get a rose. I would, somebody would ask for my mobile number. Or like these tiny boys asking my mobile number. And then next week telling me that I thought if your father would pick up you, he'll be upset with me. So I didn't call you.
1: Oh, oh. I know.
0: Five-year-old. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that is true. You understand the difference of being happy and being truly joyous. Hmm. And then I just thought that if that is one hour, then I need to make it more hours. It was very simple um, for me. But it's not, you're right. It's not spoken about that As much. an option either. Because Paisa Nahi Hai mm. is the, not a myth. It's partly a reality. But you can also make a decent living. Mm. Right. And I also hopefully changes and people, you know, we can get paid as much as they deserve. Mm. But I also then started going to various colleges in their recruitment drives. Okay. Like I used to go to am Calcutta and say, oh, come and join us. Mm. And would recruit people because... And they would join? Yes. Because the salaries were not that bad.
1: So it's just a myth that the salaries are... Or maybe they are like unisbees off.
0: No, no, not unisbees. Mm. Let me say 13-20. Okay. <laughs> right. But for some people, they were not even getting 13. Okay. Right. But for some people, 13 didn't matter. Mm. Right. As long as this what... Because how do recruitments in the campus things happen? People go and sell their organizations and people get enamored and want to join. Hmm. I can enamor people. I would enamor them and they would join. Hmm. And then I know that many people have done this. They go to colleges and tell about the sector and ask them to come and try out. Then there are internships. And now the whole trend of if you want to go abroad, then two years if you work in the sector, then your application is very weight you know, has a lot of weightage.
1: As in from the country itself or from another international organization?
0: If I want to go to Harvard and if I have two years of work experience in a rural village in India, my chances are higher. Ah, lovely. Experience, experience. Mm -hmm. Rich, rich. Mm. Intersectionality.
1: Intersectionality has happened, correct. Yes.
0: But yet, this severe lack of talent in the sector is very real. Mm. Because... Our sector is one of the most overworked sectors. You can't say no to work because you're actually working for people. Mm. You're overworked because every person is doing two or three people's work because you must do it because you're helping people. You're not
1: doing it for a salary. You're doing it for your heart. So much love, then passion, Passion, (laughs) right? So that's what it's coming to.
0: Yes, that outlook, that mindset, it's changing. I hope that it changes a little more. People start seeing talent for talent. And not for, uh, you know, charity.
1: You know, in fact, something interesting. Very often we use this word privileged, right? You are privileged so that you can do this. You are privileged. And you always see privilege come off with a hint of negativity, Mm. right? So someone told, told me that the other day. And I said, no, I'm sorry, but I have privileges that allow me to do other things, right? So if in your mindset you think that, you know, okay, fine, I don't need that much of a salary. I have privileges that allow me to work in this sector, then you start thinking differently about it. You won't be just th- thinking about yourself as a spoiled brat saying, oh, my pool wasn't heated to this. You know, you'd be actually thinking about, yes, I have privileges that I can now share instead of I am privileged. right?
0: I'm a sector person. So hmm. for me, privilege will have a lot of lot of meaning. There's very interesting, we do something called a privilege walk. Okay, uh, It's a Cute exercise. You can Google it also. You realize that.
1: What is it? Tell me what happens. It is
0: an exercise. Uh, Everyone stands together in one line. Hmm. And then I'll read out, let's say, 30 questions. And if you think you've had that, Hmm. then you walk ahead. If you've not had that, you walk behind. Okay. So. Uh, The person
1: who's walked the furthest would have the most of these privileges. And the person who's walked the.
0: Yeah, but the idea is that in, let's say, in an office of 15 or 20 people, Everyone will be standing in different places. at a different place by the end of it. Correct. But the job has made them, you know, being in the same office has equalized them. Ah. But there is such, there's so much. For example, one question is that did you grow up with more than 50 books in your house? Hmm. Or 10 books in your house? Right. So many people don't walk for ahead on that. Correct. So many. It's a privilege.
2: It's a privilege.
0: It's not money It's not only money Is not the only privilege Yes So many So we forget We forget That our privileges Are way too many hmm. For us to share
1: hmm. We're not aware Of the privileges See As soon as you it's say It's
0: taking it For granted
1: Huh? So you have to be, No So that's the other one That's entitlement
0: Yes So entitlement
1: yes. and privilege Are different things yes. I love that we're having this discussion because like, I know people are going to hate on it also and like support it also so entitlement is when you're not grateful for things right mm-hmm. so understanding oh I'm so grateful for this beautiful studio that we have so that we can record yes. this I'm not taking it for granted and I'm entitled to this no right we take we, we are grateful for it privileges are aspects that you have that maybe other people don't or that are things that boost you up a step ahead to push you in life would that be a fair enough way of thinking about this? Yes, mm.
0: and the the question is not Do you have a privilege or not? All of us have mm. the Different qu- kinds Different, different kinds mm. The question is that What have you done after knowing That you have more privileges? Do you think that I have more privilege? Let me donate 1 lakh rupee to this charity mm. And chalo, my thing is done You know, my, my karma score is getting settled mm. Or I am saying that Oh, I have so many privileges Now I will give this up And I will go and become a social sector person Correct Or you are saying that for... I will
1: be using these for the social sectors.
0: Or for me to say that enough about me, let me understand Hmm. what is it that there isn't in the other person's life. Put myself in those shoes and come up with a solution. Hmm. That is also because you are privileged with the knowledge, with education, with money, with looks, with so many things. Thank you. (laughs) You, you are most welcome. I was my, yeah, my very in-your-face comp. Yes, yes, it was
1: <laughs> full brownie points.
0: <laughs> so, how do you then unlearn your privileges, understand the lack of them?
1: Hmm. What would life had been without them, for example? Think about it from that. What point is of their
0: reason. life without what you have? Hmm. And instead of then sitting and giving yarn to them, work with them. Hmm. Many organizations in the sector actually. Do immersions, like village immersions or community immersions. Where I used to work earlier, two years, we had like fellows, we had fellows. For two years, they had to either live in a village or in a slum Hmm. with the people. You may be coming from wherever and you may have gotten education from wherever, but you are living there and you are also helping out in the household chores and you're also taking the sheep to be herded. You're also milking the cow and you're also working. Correct. So then you start saying that, oh, if this is a daily life and mm-hmm. these are these challenges, what is my innovation? What is my solution to this problem?
1: Correct. In anthropology, we used to call this ethnography or participative observation, right? We, yes. So we spent, I think, a week in a tribal village to mm-hmm. understand the way that this was functioning. And I think one of my biggest takeaways from that experience was that in that village, absolutely nothing was wasted. It was mm-hmm. amazing just how everything was reused. And this was when I was in college. So there's so many little, little things that just like stay back after yeah. experiencing this.
0: Yeah. And see, that's the whole thing that how when you give a solution to them next time, you will not give a wasteful solution. Mm. You know, it'll get rejected.
1: Yeah. Don't give them batteries because they don't know what to do with the battery afterwards. So they actually had batteries stacked up on their windows because they didn't know how to throw throw them away.
0: Yeah. I once was a, at a very cute, but A very, um, you know, very, very vulnerable, very tiny village where there was a, this alcoholism was a, was a big thing and we were working on multiple things and there this one guy comes on a bicycle, old man comes, has a little freezer, has popsicles, takes the alcohol bottles and gives a popsicle in return. Hmm. Empty bottles. Hmm. That's, that's his job. Business model. Business model. Hmm. Collects empty bottles. Hmm. And gives a popsicle. So, the household gets rid of their clutter. There is no more memories. And they, the children eat popsicles.
1: Lovely. Lovely. Hmm. So, so, they, <laughs> they have
0: this. Couldn't, I couldn't have one. I did not have an empty bottle.
1: Aray, aray. Immediately, you shot one back. <laughs> <laughs> you could get a popsicle also.
0: I was on duty, sir. So.
1: <laughs> so, you know, what I love about this is that there are so many different different things that you can do. It's not just about donating money. Normally, when... You know, and typically whenever it's a donation call that you receive, it's always someone trying to guilt you into this. You know, like, I think that's something also that we, I, I want to discuss with you. Everyone calls up with a ask yeah. and a guilt you into that ask. Have you seen a shift in other ways in which people are also, you know, getting money, getting donations that are not guilt involved?
0: So it's a, it's a very age-old problem. And it, it's not only today, right? It, and it's not like within us. It's something that has worked beautifully when the money was being given by the West to us.
1: Hmm. Or we guilt the West into giving money.
0: No, there is a savior um,
1: mentality. Hmm.
0: Savior mentality, right? But it works, Hmm. right? So why would I not let them be the savior because I'm getting the money, right? It works. So might as well put a little more out there and put a little more out there. It's not necessarily from the community that needs or from the NGO that needs, but it's within within the the West that would happen right we call it poverty marketing so you earlier you would see a lot of pictures with uh, wasted children or with very 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 poor and very vulnerable kind of situations getting clicked and then asked for money yes right you remember those famous pictures that won awards with crows eating I don't even want to talk about mm. that there is a very significant shift from moving away from the guilt in poverty marketing not everywhere, but the more um, knowledgeable or the more sensitive organizations are really moving away from that. Yeah, guilting is really, because it's the quickest way to desensitization.
1: That's the thing, right? I don't want to think about it anymore. right?
0: It, it's too much. I'm blocking the number. I'm
1: blocking the number. I always, I don't want to, just, like you know, but there are so many NGOs that are doing stuff that is raising money. But not without guilt Do you have any Lovely you know Examples of this Or campaigns that you enjoy
0: Happiness sells
1: What is that I mean
0: I'm saying happiness Is such a great selling point Okay Look at all the corporates What are they? None of the products That you watch Hmm. They are being sold to us Saying that oh If you don't buy Something bad will happen They are saying If you buy something Great will happen Correct Just copy paste that Hmm. It's not It's not that tough Basically, you're telling me, and it happens. You know, you've seen those ads where you say, "Oh, a two hundred rupees you can feed a child for a year." Hmm. Right? You're basically promising a full stomach, a happy child. That's also that's also marketing. But if you, in my opinion, if you sell happiness and a fut and a prettier, cleaner, nicer future, it may have more selling than guilting people into it. That era is gone.
1: Hmm. We're gonna take a Quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. Yeah, like I was telling um, people in my NGO about this as when I was saying that, you know, imagine if we spoke to people about saying that, you know, literature was your favorite subject. Hmm. Now imagine if this child can also share this passion with you. You know, not that, you know, if she doesn't get educated, she's going to be on the meaning she below the poverty line in her life is going to be terrible but imagine if the same passion that you had for literature she could be reading those books with you you know th- that is yeah. a different way of approaching but this empathy it's entire very thing.
0: interesting that you said that because you know i also have this conversation with with the people i work with that how are you being ambitious yeah right and how are you putting ambition within everything that we are doing as a, why am i okay to say that oh i've supported this child mm. now if the child gets a you know, a blue collar job, it's my work is done. Hmm. But, and of course, one of them may, in 10 years, may also become a doctor. Hmm. You already are one. <laughs> but, <laughs> born one, born, born one.
1: one. I didn't have to do all this education. And all of I know, I know, how cool.
0: <laughs> so, why are we not saying that, no, it, the spectrum is not blue collar or doctor. There are many things in between. And build in that ambition and say that this is, you know, we feel that our kids can do whatever they want, mm. right? Can also pick up an accountant's job, can also pick up a, a, you know, a whatever, can become a supervisor at a beauty store, whatever. It's not a blue collar job. It needs skill. It's a sector problem also. We settle for less. We set, We settle very quickly. So
1: from the corporate sector, I know this is what you do for a living now. From the corporate sector, what are some of the things that the social sector can start picking up? So people who might be already working with various NGOs, various organizations, what are things that people can pick up from the corporate sector and bring in?
0: All my trade secrets, no? Uh,
1: That's what the podcast is for. Oh, my trade secrets.
0: I think if you look at large corporates and see how quickly and how fearlessly they grow, right? Because there is this whole aim of money, right? And I also have the same aims, right I also have an impact aim, so I may not say two hundred and fifty thousand dollars I'll say two hundred and fifty thousand people hmm. right just number is the same but that fearlessness doesn't come because I'm not taking enough I'm not taking enough risks and that isn't happening because nobody's funding my risk hmm. right and if there is someone funding my risk, I don't have the bandwidth I have not invested in the in the capacity or in the professionalization of my organization, for it to be able to become that fearless, expansive, abundance mindset organization. So, just just a little mindset shift, thoda pesa, hmm. and uh, accelerate wise. <laughs> accelerate wise. <laughs> but professionalizing um, the sector is also often looked down upon. Hmm. I feel that we need corporates as much as corporates need us. Cohabitation is happening, but collaboration would be phenomenal.
1: Cohabitation is happening, but collaboration. So, so we are staying together. We are giving money, bus, hmm. Hmm. but we are not working together towards a, a task.
0: Right. Like imagine the same practices that they applied to put their product out there in every store. Hmm if i ask them that oh what was your trick let me put my service to all these villages it's the same trick it's a marketing trick or it's a mobilization trick hmm. right but how but there's no co thinking collaborating and co working happening
1: so like how an fmcg company would get their sales teams to the smallest villages in a particular hmm. state in hmm. the same way can you use a similar process to get our message or our Work to the smallest villages there
0: Yes And also the reverse right The reverse is also equally interesting That how our sector needs to learn their best practices mm-hmm. They can learn so much from the social sector as well Oh interesting Right Because you imagine a world Not even a world You imagine That what is the social sector cracked mm-hmm. We understand the What is happening At, an, at a day to day challenge We know the need we have also cracked how to reach the last mile, Hmm. right? We're not sitting in an office imagining these things. We've actually experienced we have the data, right? We have tons and tons of data to give all these insights. Now, if that insight is taken to innovate or to come up with a product or a service with that sensitized mindset, it will be so magical. And for me, the best example is TikTok.
1: Hmm. Then?
0: What has TikTok done? TikTok realizes that there's an inherent need for people to show off and to be visible and, you know, to express themselves. Mm. They made something which is so user friendly that everyone could use it. Correct. Right. Most TikTok people, from celebrities to someone in a very remote village, right? How could they do it?
1: You're so right. We had this couple working on our farm.
0: Mm. Of course they do TikTok.
1: And they were TikTokers. Yes. They actually had T-shirts that said TikTokers. Yes, and they they had some how many some twenty five thousand followers. Or some yes. some nonsense like that It was. Yes, yeah, millions right? and millions, millions of and views. Millions and millions of views.
0: And it's it's such a you know it's such a cool thing to be visible to be able to express a dance and then people across the world are clapping and sending you hearts. Mm. So yeah, I I think that this marriage between corporate and social sector will have beautiful babies. I think or out of wedlock also out of okay. wedlock
1: babies i think figuring this out is going to be the next big shift for our mm-hmm. social sector right i think as soon as we also stop thinking of it as social sector you know if we start actually thinking of them as businesses that we are creating and yes. you know i think that mindset shift is so critical i remember my first meeting with with our ngo and i started you know becoming more aware of it and, and i said so what does our sales team do and everyone's
2: Ashtim, you cannot
1: call it a sales team. Not. It is resource mobilization, right? What is it called? Resource mobilization. It we is We sales funds, mm.
0: we can mobilize resources, but we don't sell.
1: Correct. And I was like, no, but like in the corporate world, this is what we do, right? This is how you get money, you sell. So aren't we selling something? And you're like, no, we're not selling. We're asking for money. But I was like, technically, that's wrong, because we're giving something in return to the corporates or to the, the donors, right? So... It is a transaction that's happening there as well. How
0: amazing you imagine one of your great sales heads of a corporate starts doing it for an NGO. Insane. Insane.
1: That is what we need.
0: That is what we need. And if there is a
1: great sales head listening to this podcast right now, please get in touch with me. We have jobs for you. (laughs) Get in touch with us. We have jobs for you. Then we'll compete for you. So we will move from 13 to (laughs) Lovely, but you're absolutely right. Like, it doesn't matter what job you're doing right now. I think you can build those techniques into our our NGOs and our social service organizations. It's a service
0: industry. I am taking your money Mm. and giving the service. But instead of you, I'm giving it to someone else on your behalf.
1: Correct. Just like Taj has a CRM, Mm. which is like a customer relationship management Mm. software. Mm. We also have that, right? Each of those kids that we are, you know, working with is part of that CRM. They are our customers yeah. as much as the corporates are.
0: But, but you know, NGOs do have CRMs. <laughs> no,
1: I'm just saying that, you know, now imagine yes. if you had a head honcho CRM expert dude yes. in our NGO. Yes. We have so much more data. Yes. Mm.
0: And so much more insights. And those can create such better solutions.
1: Sigtat, like this is an exciting world. You know, I just it wish is, people no? start also thinking about it like this yes. instead of bichara. You know, I think that getting out of the bichara mindset is something that is so important. Bichara means like, you know, po- oh, you poor thing. I think that is something that...
0: It historically comes from the saviour mindset, right?
1: Mm. Oh, I'm here to help help you out. Mm. So
0: the moment you say, oh, it, I'm not helping someone, I'm actually doing... And I I have said it for years. I'm the most selfish person. Uh,
1: you just stole the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I think this is a very selfish industry technically, right? You're, you're cleaning my it for sins. Oh. <laughs> I do
0: Not even... It's so fulfilling, you know, how Correct. you keep talking about feeling sexy. Hmm. Yes. There is nothing that makes you feel more sexy than doing or being more meaningful. Yes. The kind of fulfillment, your cup is always overflowing. People see you as an overflowing with joy person. You're so sexy. You have done something interesting. You have spoken about something interesting. Adds layers to your personality. You're like, you know, this person has substance, has depth. So much more sexy. Absolutely.
1: Social sector is very sexy. Social sector is sexy. If there's nothing that you take away from this podcast, the social sector is sexy. It is. You know, Snigda, there was this one time we were in Alibag and we have a center there and uh, randomly from the street, one person came up to us and said that, you know, the Light of Life Trust has helped my children so much that one has become a nurse and one has got a job somewhere else. And the father was saying this and he was saying, I've never been more... Proud of my daughters than what they are achieving now, and they would not have been able to do this if they weren't educated. If they hadn't gone through this process. And so, now, now um, it's it's not about that. I'm talking about as a, as a selfish thing, mm. you know. And the reason why I'm saying this is that I was walking three feet higher after that. Yeah, I was feeling like I was on cloud nine. It was me feeling great and now. And you did nothing. And I did nothing. <laughs> right. That's the crazy thing about this. Like these kids are doing such fantastic things. They're nurses. They're and they're making a difference in their life. They're earning things that they would have never imagined. Mm. And it's come back to make me feel like, imagine now you doing this. So everyone who's listening to this, who's feeling sad, who doesn't know what to do with their life, who's feeling like, you know, life sucks. Mm. Guys, mm. life sucks only because you're focusing on your own life. Right? Become selfish by helping somebody else.
0: Yes. Yes. Right. Also, you know, the I keep saying all the fulfillment and the joy it gives you. But also think of it that it also makes you feel... Um, in the greater you know in the universe, you understand how tiny a speck you are,
2: mm.
0: a little philosophical, but it does make you feel the significance versus insignificance of you and your actions. You know that if you want to do anything to make yourself not insignificant, you have to do things which are for the greater 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 good or for for a greater impact. Mm. Otherwise, this is tiny me. Lived all my life like a tiny me and died my life like a tiny me. Correct. That's it.
1: And we all want to, you know, feel worthy. We all want to leave that impact. We all want to. Yes. Right. And we all try to do this in our bank balances or in other ways. But I'm saying Mm -hmm. that changing other lives and being of service and seeing that continue on, I think is the most amazing thing.
0: Yeah. But having said so, I would also like to put it out there to all your listeners please donate also
1: Hmm. just saying Hmm. hashtag just saying is that (laughs) part of action or that's like before everything just like send some money first
0: also donate the sector needs it
1: okay can we should add one more caveat to this Hmm. so NGOs have different ways in which they receive money so now talk about your gold silver copper theory of of money that they (laughs) receive I think this is such an important (laughs) thing so please donate to the gold so explain
0: So, the funds in our sector get divided into largely two buckets. There is uh, unrestricted money and then there is restricted money. Restricted money basically says that all the funds should be used for exactly these purposes as agreed upon. And often those purposes are direct on the ground impact.
1: So, this would be as an individual if you say I want to donate 10 books to this particular kid would be restricted funds, correct? (gasps) Right? Yeah. It cannot be used for giving them food. It cannot be used for giving them uniforms. It has only be used for these books that have to be given. Right. Hmm.
0: And then I also want to see the receipt of those ten books. Correct. And I also want pictures of the one child getting those ten books. Correct. It's as restrictive as that. Hmm. And then I'll also send an auditor. Hmm. But
1: (laughs) (laughs) send those ten books to me to make sure that it was received by them, correct?
0: So and then there is the unrestricted funds. Which I keep calling as the gold. Hmm. And why gold? Because those are your enablers. Okay. Right? For me to be able to hire someone, like your the sales head who's going to write to both of us, hmm. nobody's funding that person's salary, that person's development, learning, that person's travel, that person's, you know, complete CTC, but my gold funds. Hmm. Right? Similarly, I want that, oh. My team should start now thinking about what are the global best practices, you know, attend some uh, lecture, do some course, who's going to fund all of that. So it's a vicious cycle of money. And you hear it so much. Their 40% cost is admin. So what? Hmm. Are they partying? Hmm. You know, so what if it is admin? It's all right. They are getting their, you know, they are getting their act together. They are consolidating, they're learning, they're hiring the right talent. The right talent is going to do better solutioning, better impact. So have that patient, have that patient capital in you. 100 rupees, 1000 rupees, 1 lakh, whatever. If you're giving it to the gold, then feel that it's gone to a right thing. Yes, do your due diligence. Ensure that you're giving it to an organization that does good work. And there are many factors to figure out how do you do the due diligence.
1: So maybe that's a question that will pop up immediately after this. So we'll c- cover okay. that. But the thing is that what I understood from the unrestricted and the restricted conversation was that the unrestricted funds are what makes sure that your NGO, the organization that you are now passionate about because you've done enough research on them. You've learnt about it will continue to grow and thrive, right? So if you want to make sure that it continues, please give it in this. Don't ask for what you're going to do with the money because trust the NGO because that's ultimately where it's coming from. It's very tempting to put it in the restricted fund saying that, you know, at least I know that there is an impact taking place. However, I think for growth to take place for the organization, you need to put it in the unrestricted category.
0: See, there's the thing is that all big money, hmm. for example, corporate CSR funds or any international funds or any grants that you get, they're which is restricted. Hmm. Right? It's also a big stake and it must be restricted because that also puts an organization that, that is working on ground, very structured. Yes. Right? It, it, there, it's, it's gorgeous.
1: It formalizes everything instantly. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Right? You know what you must do. You know this is my budget and you do it like that. Mm. So that is any which way is existing. The things that do not get any money are the organization's growth. Mm. And how can you can you become that person who knows and have that sensibility that if I'm giving it to the organization, And anyways, I'm giving a small amount that organizations, I'm enabling that restricted funds or I'm enabling that child or that beneficiary's ultimate betterment.
1: Correct. It all comes back to that.
0: You can feel happiness enabling also. You don't have to feel happiness in seeing those 10 books in the child's hand only.
1: Fantastic. Last question. Mm. How do we know that that the organization that we're going to be supporting Mm. is the right one? trustworthy one. are there four parameters or five parameters that we have to look at?
0: You can see everything on their website. Every organization must put out their um, financials, the work that they do, pictures, everyone puts that out. See that, call them, ask them questions, mm. ask them questions like what kind of projects are you doing right now? How do you ensure ABCD things? how do you you know how do you manage your funds? What kind of fundraising goals are you looking at this year? Ask some questions that you would do before buying any any equipment or anything else. Ask those questions. You will be able to make a judgment from their, you know, everything that's been put out there. And if you think that it's still not satisfying, meet them.
1: So all of them have the annual reports out, correct? Yes. Now, in the annual report, what are the things that I should be looking for? Like mm. specifically, if I had to underline three things, what would, what would they be?
0: Look at the financials. See if it's audited or not. Okay. Mostly, everything should be. It should audited, ideally be right. Right. Hmm. So, so then automatically you know that this is some. You know, there is some professionalization, some accounting, some best practices are being in place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, see the work that they're doing. Also, see if you have they have ATG so that you can get a tax, tax re- Yeah, tax okay. benefit. But also see the kind of work that they're doing. Is it having some innovative angle? Uh, is it really solving a problem? Do you believe in the work that they are doing, not necessarily the cause? Mm. Do you think it's the right approach?
1: The way that they're doing what they're doing.
0: Right. For That's example, I may feel that environment, mm. but my main job is actually all jobs are good. So mm. I will <laughs> I will not belittle any other. Mm. But um, but I I can give it to a recycling NGO or I can give it to a beach cleaning NGO. Or I can give it to an NGO that uh, supports the rag pickers. Okay. Right. What is, according to me, which is the best solution, according to me, uh, align myself with them.
1: So and after the part- education bit, you would you'd know which is the best solution, hopefully. Yes. And then yes. take it from there.
0: Learn, talk and act.
1: Learn, talk and act. All right. So there Two key things to take away from this learn, talk and act. And what is the other one?
0: Social sector is sexy.
1: Social sector is sexy. Exactly. All right. Snigta, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Now, most important, Mm. how can people who are excited about this get in touch with you?
0: You can DM me on LinkedIn. You can DM me on Instagram. And yes, I'm very happy to help in any, 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 any manner that I can.
1: Fantastic. So her links will be down in the show notes below. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.